had to follow a woman dressed like a Nubian. I'm sorry, bud. Okay. It's not worth saying again. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just go ahead. <laughs> One of the things that uh, my youngest daughter, Laura, and I used to do when we were at her grandparents' lake house on Beaver Lake in northwest Arkansas is uh, skip stones on the lake. There are a lot of stones on the shoreline. Can we get the, can we, get, can we switch the screen and get us up here? Thank you. It's a pretty rocky shore. That's pretty much all there is. There's no sandy beaches on Beaver Lake. So we'd look for flat rocks on the lake shore. Uh, they're better for skipping, right? Flat rocks. Another thing we did was we'd throw bigger stones to make a splash. And especially when the water's still, it's the best time for skipping stones as well as making big splash when the water's still. And because the splash is more noticeable when the water's still and the ripples kind of go on and on from the splash. And one time when we were there, I watched the ripples for a while. I did this a few times, watched the ripples go out from the splash. And I noticed how far they went. Even when it wasn't a particularly large splash, the ripples, though of course the further they got from the splash were less pronounced, they went on and on quite a while from the splash. And they continued long after the splash wasn't visible at all anymore. I began to think about this idea of ripples and how the individual choices that we make in our lives are like the splash. The splash lasts only for a moment, but the ripples or the consequences of that splash or that choice sometimes last for days, weeks, months, maybe even years depending on the context of that splash or that choice that we make. So this morning, those of you who were here a few weeks ago will remember that I promised you part two of Lessons from the Lake. Now, part one was about roots. We won't review that this morning. You'll have to wait till the movie comes out. This morning is part two of Roots, Ripples, and Reference Points, Lessons from the Lake, part two. Really, you don't have to have heard if you missed part one and say, oh, man, how am I going to catch on? We're not going to have a previously when Bill preached. We're not going to have one of those kind of things going on. The only thing really tying these messages together is the fact that I got the ideas, kind of the inspiration for these at my in-law's lake house, which we go to several times a year. I'm hoping by showing the elders how incredibly inspired I am when I go to the lake house that they'll encourage me to go there a lot more often. <laughs> Tom Buck told me once that he thinks this is just my spiritual excuse for going to the lake. In fact, later this afternoon, Barb and I are heading over there for vacation. Joel asked me earlier this week when I begin my vacation, and I said, it begins as soon as I say amen in the prayer to close the sermon this morning. <laughs> anyway, I thought about this idea, and I began to study the idea of the consequences of the choices that we make in life. I found that Scripture is literally full of this idea of ripple effects, especially in the book of Proverbs, but even well beyond the book of Proverbs, there's a clear connection between the things that we do, the choices that we make, and what, then what happens subsequently in our lives, for good or ill, because of, or at least in part as a result of, those choices. So when we make good choices, 
good consequences generally follow. When we make bad choices, bad consequences generally follow. Now, I say generally because it's clear that bad things can happen to believers, and good things can happen to unbelievers, at least in this life. It's also clear that God's in charge, and he can divert ripples, or he can create even bigger ripples in life that overcome the smaller ripples of our bad choices. We'll examine that idea a little bit later here as well. So this is a general principle. It's not a hard and fast rule. It's not an undeniable promise that we can cling to one way or another. That's pretty important to remember this morning, and I felt it was worth mentioning, because some Christians have taken these kinds of principles that are meant to be proverbial and general truisms that are clearly present in Scripture for us to pay attention to. But what they've done is they've made a formula out of them. But nevertheless, these things are spoken of in Scripture often enough that we need to pay attention to it. It makes it worth examining here this morning, and we ignore these principles at our own peril. Now, of course, the word ripple is never used in any version of Scripture that I could find, except maybe the Bill Sullivan paraphrase, but most of you don't read that one. Neither is the word consequence, except in other kinds of paraphrases. But we can find other words that express the same basic idea. So when we do that and we think of words like fruit, like wages, like effect, like reward, we find, again, this is a very pervasive theme in Scripture. We're going to take a quick look at many of these passages this morning. So if you're note takers, get ready. We'll have the reference on the screen. Here's a passage that clearly expresses this idea, but you have to be thinking in these terms to see it. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Let's take a look at this passage, this very familiar verse, through the lens of this idea of ripples. We see in verse 6, it says, In all your ways. In other words, in every splash, in every choice that you make. And so in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. In other words, he'll make your ripples positive instead of negative. Many Proverbs speak of the wisdom of making good choices and obeying God, which is followed by blessings and rewards and prosperity. Many Proverbs also speak of the folly of ignoring the wisdom of God, making poor choices and disobeying his commands, which is followed by disaster. We'll look at a representative sample of these in a moment. But let's start with another proverb. This one, chapter 1, verses 29 through 33. It reads, Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, And the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. So here in this passage of scripture, we see both the positive and the negative ripple effect, depending on the kind of choices we make. Not choosing to fear the Lord is a choice. That's the word that this passage used. Not accepting his advice or counsel, 
or spurning, ignoring his rebuke is a choice. These choices are splashes in the lake of life. Choices lead to specific kinds of fruit or results depending on that choice. The writer of this proverb tells us that those who choose not to fear the Lord, who choose not to accept his counsel embodied in Proverbs as wisdom, who choose not to respond to his correction or his rebuke, these people would eat the fruit of their ways or their choices and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. So we see from Scripture that there's good fruit from choices and there's bad fruit from choices. There's a clear ripple effect and the consequences go on and on. And in this Proverbs, they're not good consequences, are they? But thanks be to God, the opposite is just as true. And this proverb tells us that too. Whoever listens to me listens to wisdom, listens to God. That person will live in safety and be at ease and without fear of harm. In Proverbs, whoever listens to wisdom listens to the Lord. And the word for fruit here can also be translated reward or earnings or product or result. The Life Application Bible says of this passage, many Proverbs point out that the fruit of their ways will be the consequences people will experience in this life. Faced with either choosing God's wisdom or persisting in rebellious independence, many decide to go it alone. The problems such people create for themselves will destroy them. Another commentary says, Now they must pay the staggering price of their willfulness and be glutted with the bad fruit of their schemes. It is their own fault, not wisdoms. They simply would not listen. It pays to listen to Scripture, doesn't it? Again, we see the consequences or ripple effect of the splashes, the choices we make, the individual choices. Let's focus a little bit more on the ripple effect of bad choices. In Proverbs chapter 5, verses 21 through 23, we read, For a man's ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all his paths. The evil deeds of a wicked man ensnare him. The cords of his sin hold him fast. He will die for lack of discipline, led astray by his own great folly. Again, let's paraphrase into words that relate to our theme this morning. A man's ways, his choices, the splash he makes with each individual choice are in full view of the Lord, this passage tells us. That is, God sees and God knows. The evil deeds, again his choices, ensnare him. They trap him and they hold him tightly. That illustrates this ripple effect too. The word deeds here is plural. And maybe that implies that one or two choices might not literally ensnare or trap us to the point where we're tied up by sin. But we will indeed be led astray by our own folly as we continually, over time, we continually make choices against the will of God. We continually ignore his wisdom, his perfect plans, and his purposes for our lives. The idea here is that we cannot sin and get away with it. Now, it's just as true that if we repent of our sins, God will forgive. But the kind of person this proverb is picturing is clearly not one who's likely to confess his sin or to feel remorse leading to repentance. There may be a sense of guilt, but not enough of a sense of guilt to forsake the sin and truly repent. What this leads to is more choices to sin, 
with the resulting ripple effect, like we're talking about this morning, that's seen so clearly in the, enclo- the, the final words of this passage, his evil deeds ensnare him. The cords of his sin hold him fast. In other words, they bind him up. He is tied up by his own sin. He will die, led astray by his own folly, his own foolishness. So what's foolish? Ignoring God. Ignoring God. Or not acknowledging God, as we saw in a, a moment ago in Proverbs 3. Acknowledging God doesn't mean just believing that there is a God. When we see acknowledge God in Scripture, it doesn't mean just believing. Yeah, there's a God, I know that. It means acknowledging his authority in your life. We might call it recognizing his lordship in our lives. Granting that he's in charge, that he knows best, and then living like we really believe that. Making choices that reflect that we believe that. When we don't do that, Scripture tells us we're led astray. When we don't do that, the ripple effects of that lead eventually to death because people cannot sin and get away with it. Apart from the cross, sin's built-in eternal consequences are inescapable. And sometimes, even when we're in Christ, at least the earthly consequences remain even when the eternal consequences are lifted from us. J. Adams writes that sinful habits are hard to break. But if they are not broken, they will bind the client ever more tightly. He is held fast by these ropes of his own sin. He finds that sin spirals in a downward cycle, pulling him along. He is captured and tied up by sin's ever-tightening cords. At length, or over time, he becomes sin's slave. Pretty sobering. This is the ripple effect of our poor choices. How's this for a good uh, visual image? to illustrate this idea. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 27 and 28 says, Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? Now the context of these particular verses is adultery, which is pretty sobering all by itself, especially when you consider that this is saying that adultery is like playing with fire. But I believe it can be applied across the board to the sinful choices that we make. One ripple effect of scooping fire into your lap is you're going to burn your clothes. You're going to be toasty. The ripple effect might continue to burn you, and the ripple effect of walking on hot coals is that your feet will be scorched. We don't see these ripple effects of our poor choices illustrated only in Proverbs. We'll give you a few examples. In Isaiah chapter 48, verse 22, it says... There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. Why is that? Why is there no peace for the wicked? Because the ripple effect of their wicked choices goes on and on, and it makes peace in their lives impossible. We read in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 13, Yet because the wicked do not fear God, it will not go well with them, and their days will not lengthen like a shadow. We read in Romans chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, but for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. And we read in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, they will be paid back with harm for the harm they have done. 
Their idea of pleasure is to carouse in broad daylight. They are blots and blemishes, reveling in their pleasures while they feast with you. There are many other passages, and we're going to look at a selection of those, that show the clear contrast between the rewards of good choices and the consequences, on the other hand, of bad choices, all within one verse. And we see that especially in several Proverbs. We see in Proverbs 10.4, lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring wealth. We see both the good and the uh, bad consequences, the ripple effects of lazy hands and diligent hands. And in verse 16 of Proverbs 10, we read, the wages of the righteous bring them life, but the income of the wicked brings them punishment. In Proverbs chapter 13, starting with verse 3, we read, He who guards his lip guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. There's the ripple effect. In verse 13, we read, He who scorns instructions will pay for it, but he who respects a command is rewarded. And then in verse 21, we read, Misfortune pursues the sinner, but prosperity is the reward of the righteous. Proverbs chapter 14 Verse 14, the faithless will be fully repaid for their ways and the good man rewarded for his. Isaiah chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. Tell the righteous it will be well with them for they will enjoy the fruit of their deeds. Woe to the wicked. Disaster is upon them. They will be paid back for what their hands have done. And if those verses aren't sobering enough, how about this one from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 which says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And then, of course, there are those verses which just as clearly describe the positive ripples from our godly choices. We see in Psalm 62, verse 12, You, O Lord, are loving. Surely you will reward each person according to to what he has done. And in Psalm 128, verses 1 and 2, Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. And if you're getting worn out, this is the last passage for a few minutes here. Isaiah 32, 17, the fruit of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness will be quietness and confidence forever. Let's take a practical look at what this means in the everyday of real life. The things that we think of in our daily lives that can cause ripple effects depending on the choices we make. How about this? You don't brush your teeth. And maybe the first ripple effect is that your breath smells. The next ripple effect is that people start avoiding you because they don't want to be around your bad breath. The ripples maybe will continue if you continue to not brush your teeth and make that choice every day. The cumulative effect is that you'll have dental problems and then bad teeth and then maybe you'll lose your teeth. Just a simple but very practical example here that we can all understand and relate to. And how about another example? How about gas prices? As gas prices go up, there are additional ripple effects, aren't there? You like that cartoon? You have the uh, price over there that says arm, leg, firstborn. 
And then you have in the little convenience store part, milk, bread, and flowers, and then the gasoline line is luxury goods. Huh? Gas prices are high to begin with because of the ripple effects of the ongoing strife in the Middle East, because of environmental regulations, and a host of other things that cause gas prices to go high and stay high. But the ripple effect goes on, because think about this. The gas prices get passed on to us. We're the consumers of all kinds of goods and services, and that's true of a lot of things related to gas prices. How about the independent lawn care business? Think about how that impacts such a business. If you run a gas mower and gas costs twice as much and you do several lawns every day, there are only two possible ripple effects. One is that you'll make less profit for the same amount of work each day. And the other is that you have to charge more to make the same amount that you were making before the gas prices went up. So what the cost of this one commodity means is that ultimately nearly everything else is going to cost more. A very clear ripple effect from one event, the rising of gas prices. And we can look at ripple effects on an even larger scale. Did you ever think about the ripple effects of the attack on our nation on 9-11-2001? You used to be able to bring scissors on airplanes. You could get through airport security fairly quickly. Not anymore. You can't get through security quickly anymore. That's a relatively little ripple, admittedly, in the scheme of things. But how about the cost of all this extra security? Who do you think pays for that? Huh? How about the impact on the airline's ability to make a profit? That's just a small sampling of the ripple from the choice that several individuals made collectively to fly airplanes into these buildings on 9-11. Sometimes our individual choices have significant ripples beyond us. Sometimes they have significant ripples that impact us and those immediately around us. So any discussion of this idea of the ripple effect of the choices we make in life would be incomplete if we didn't make a genuine attempt to kind of bring it home, rather than look at the macro view to maybe look at the micro view and how does this impact us. It's easy for us to look at national and international affairs and see how actions can have a significant ripple that affect literally millions or even billions of people in ways that are big and small. But what about the smaller daily choices that you and I make. I'm thinking now more of choices that it can impact others beyond ourselves, beyond things like the toothbrushing example that we spoke of a minute ago. How about this, for example? I can choose to ignore my health by not exercising, or by smoking, or by doing drugs, or by eating poorly all the time, by any of dozens of examples that we could cite, okay? You might think, well, that only affects you, Bill. But that's not true. Think about this. If my health deteriorates, if I become sick as a result of my choices, or I die early, it affects my wife, it affects my children, it affects my immediate family, it affects my church family. You'd miss me, wouldn't you? Okay, thank you. Checks in the mail. And the ripples can go on from there. So our choices do matter. We don't make choices in a vacuum. Our choices ripple beyond ourselves, even when it's not so obvious how that happens. Some of the things we've talked about are fairly obvious ripples, but there's things that aren't just as obvious. Our seemingly little splashes can make a difference, intentionally or unintentionally. Of course, as we've noted, this can be a good thing, too. I can show love or compassion to an individual, 
and that can have a good ripple effect. I can help or simply be with someone through a difficult time, and that can have a good ripple effect. What you say or do here this morning could have a ripple effect. A careless or a cruel comment might ripple beyond the echo of those words. Or an affirming remark to a brother or sister in Christ might do the same, but in a positive way. Our choices ripple beyond the moment of the splash in our small, everyday choices. Sometimes a seemingly insignificant choice can ripple for years. How many people do you know that had an event in childhood that they still talk about today, that it marked their lives in some way and it ripples down through decades, literally? Sometimes a choice has completely unintended consequences. And of course, ripples can be cumulative too. Dozens of good choices can join to ripple together longer and more fruitfully beyond what we can see or more devastatingly if we are making poor choices. Even the cumulative choices of how we spend our time, what do we do with ourselves, can have a ripple effect. If we choose, for example, to consume mass quantities of our broken culture without discernment or discretion in the form of television, movies, books, magazines, music, it's inevitable that there will be a ripple effect. We are naive if we think it doesn't. It will affect our attitudes. It will shape our worldview. It will conform our minds to this world. But, on the other hand, if we're careful what we consume, if we exercise discernment, and then maybe even more importantly, we balance these choices with regular consumption of the Word of God, fellowship with the saints, the spiritual disciplines, then there's a cumulative ripple effect for those choices too. What happens? We grow in Him. We bear fruit for Him. To hearken back to part one of Lessons from the Lake, over time what this means is that our roots go deeper in Him as we make good choices, creating good ripples. And sometimes it doesn't just happen overnight. For example, just like watching one maybe bad TV show or bad movie might not have a disastrous ripple effect, although I guess it could, but it's more likely that the ripples will wear down your resistance. Think about that. Did you ever notice how just the long-term action of water can reshape rock? Have you ever been at a lake and watched the rocks in the, on the shoreline? Or We see that at Beaver Lake, too. There are jagged rocks over there that have been made smooth by the ripples of water over years. There are holes or hollows that are in solid rock made by the cumulative effect of these ripples of water over many, many years. You know what? Our spirit is subject to the cumulative effect of ripples like this too. So what does that mean? That makes every choice important. Every choice is important. The little everyday choices and the bigger, more significant choices in our lives. Galatians chapter 6 says this, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. These are ripples, ripples that come from every choice we make, both good and bad. And if we make a big splash, 
There are ripples that might go on for quite a while long after that splash is no longer visible. Whereas if we make a little splash, the ripple can still go beyond that little splash and have consequences long past the time that we threw that rock into the lake of life. Dozens of poor choices do the same, except negatively, and ripples resulting from our choices. This is the normal course of human life, of human events. But thinking about this, it occurred to me that the ripple effect is not something that must happen. Only God determines what must happen. And he is able, and sometimes he does, intervene in time and space to interrupt or redeem the consequences of the ripple effect of our choices. Ultimately, he does this to accomplish his purpose in our lives and in history. So I guess the lesson is that in his wisdom and by his grace, the ripple of our choices can be what he uses to accomplish his purposes, but he is not bound by those effects. God is able to accomplish his purposes in history and in our lives with or without the effect of those choices. What's more, God himself created the biggest ripple in history, one that still ripples through time and will for eternity. Actually, it's a ripple that's more like a big wave, isn't it? I've noticed that the splash from rocks thrown into Beaver Lake are often quickly overwhelmed from the boats that are running around on the lake. You've got boats out there, you've got jet skis, and the waves are bigger and stronger than the ripple. And so if you have a ripple from a splash and one of those waves comes, it, that, that ripple's gone fast. Think of it this way. God threw the biggest rock into the lake of history, creating the biggest splash by sending Jesus to pay the penalty for our sin. The ripple effect of that act is still seen today, and it will be seen in eternity. That ripple can overwhelm, can redeem the ripple of our poor choices, and it can enhance the ripple of our good choices. There is a choice that you make that has an eternal ripple effect more than any other choice that you can make. So in this life, ripples may go on for years, but what we do with Jesus, either trusting in him for the forgiveness of our sins or rejecting his free offer of eternal life, ripples through eternity, for good or for ill, for you and for me. If we can say that we have accepted into our lives the grace of God, we've accepted his blood-bought forgiveness to rely solely on his grace, that we've decided to accept that Jesus is in fact what he said he was, the way, the truth, and the life, then that choice will have a ripple effect on every choice we make the rest of our lives and into eternity. It will enable us, it will help us to make good choices, and it will convict us when we make bad choices. And when we make bad decisions as a follower of Christ, the ripple of his blood is capable of overwhelming the ripple of that bad choice. Sometimes that redemption of our bad choices is not visible. Sometimes it's only partly visible in this lifetime. Now that doesn't make his forgiveness any less real. Yet God doesn't always lift the consequences of our sinful choices from us in this lifetime. However, we can be confident that if we confess our sinful choices to him, the ripple of that bad choice is erased in eternity. And let's face it, that's a more important place to have it erased than here 
in this lifetime. And that's why, again, the ripple effect is a principle, it's not a promise. So when we read, as we did a few minutes ago in Psalm 128, you will eat the fruit of your labor, blessings and prosperity will be yours. We really need to take the long view in this, the eternal view, the spiritual view. Perhaps in this life, it's true, we may enjoy seasons of blessing and prosperity in a material sense. But you know what? Maybe not. Perhaps those blessings will be more of his grace and more of his resurrection and his life at work in us. And that is a blessing. But that's why we must have an eternal perspective. Because eventually we will enjoy blessing and prosperity in his eternal kingdom in a way that would make anything we might enjoy here on earth like living in a garbage dump by comparison. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning with verse 16, Paul wrote this to the church at Corinth. We do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. If you're a follower of Christ, you know that to be true this morning. You know that the wages of sin or the ripple of sin is death, as Paul told us in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, but that the free gift of God through Jesus is eternal life. So this morning, let's determine by God's grace to allow the ripple of the blood of Jesus in time and in eternity to make a real difference in the choices that we make in our lives so that the ripple effect of the choices we make in our lives will ripple for good and not for evil. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that you indeed threw the biggest rock into the lake of life and that the ripple of the death and resurrection of Jesus continues to ripple to this day and will through eternity, Father God. And Father, when we're in Christ, we can rely on that. But Father, we're also cognizant of the ripple effect of the choices we make in our daily lives. Father, we want to be people who have ripple effects that are positive. We want our choices to be good choices, godly choices, enabled by your grace, Lord, so that the consequences of our behavior are good consequences that will echo your grace, that will illustrate your love, Father God. We thank you for these truths, Lord. We commit this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen.